drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Cornelius, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Cornelius. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? The Fantasy Football Flavor Show. We're actually recording, this kind of a special episode, recording on a Saturday here, kind of uh, early afternoon time. It is Fantasy Playoffs. So what I thought I'd do, I've been talking about it on my articles on USA Today Lions Wire. We've played the whole season to get to this point. Uh, Did pretty well across the board, sneaking in quite a few of my leagues in the playoffs. But what I thought I'd do today on this episode was bring on a guy who battles with me day in and day out when it comes to fantasy football. This guy thinks he's smarter. He thinks his teams are better. He's had a hell of a fantasy football season across all platforms. I thought I'd bring him on. And today's going to be an episode mano y mano. We're facing each other in the playoffs. We thought we'd pump it up, talk all about how we got there. The big Hughes is in the building. Hughes, welcome to the show. Are you ready to do this or what? Yeah, man. What's going on? <clears throat> you, you've, you said I think I'm smarter, but I, we know. We know, the <laughs> listeners know, that I am fantasy smarter. <laughs> oh, man. I think it's very debatable. I mean, we won't have to go back to my track record. I got some hardware on the mantle. I don't know if you Ooh. have anything up there yet other than uh, maybe some blue ribbon participation trophies. But uh, this year you've been bringing the lumber, man. So we're going to talk about the PFL, our, our league on ESPN. We've been doing it for a long time. It's really competitive. It's a small league. We only let certain people in it. Me and you have been right at the top of the standings all year. And here we are in round one of the playoffs going head up. So, uh yeah, I mean, it's it's big time now. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, I think I have won this league once, maybe twice, but not since like the early 2000s. You know, me <laughs> and you talk about this one a lot because we always want to win this one because even though it's only an 18 team, eight league team, we always seems to, we always seem to struggle with this one. So mm. know, I'm pretty, pretty excited that we're both we're, you're number two. I'm number three heading into the playoffs. And, you know, once I have the upset victory, I'm going to go for the trophy again. <laughs> oh man yeah like you say we uh you're right on the money there we have sort of been uh mostly in the playoffs but not getting to the to that big dance or coming home I, I think i've got one i think yeah maybe we both have one trophy so anyway let's let's get right into it Hughes. And before we get to like our playoff matchup i think we all know where it starts Hughes, and it, and it starts right here and that's the draft everybody ah, knows yes. your fantasy uh team starts at the draft so in this league we're able to keep um two offensive players and a dynasty rookie as well as we get two free agents that we bring in so let me just refresh your memory Hughes. going into the 2019 season here in the pfl your keepers zeke i believe dalvin and then you had i believe it was james connor as your rookie keeper do i have that right 
Uh, Delvin's the rookie keeper, and James Conner and Zeke were the keeper keepers. Ooh, man, that's even worse for me long term. Delvin yes. in his rookie spot is big time. Uh, big time. But you did copy me the three the three running backs. I mean, this was something Hughes never employed until, of course, he kind of milks me out of my strategy and figures out what's going on. So now he's running with three RBs. <laughs> Mine again. Uh, Joe Mixon was real high on Leonard Fournette. And I had Carrion Johnson in my rookie spot. Uh, not looking so hot here after the season, but I felt like those were three young studs going into the year. Hughes, your free agent signings. This is where we get two guys that are kind of middle of the road. You you did pretty well here uh, with one guy, and the other guy has been okay when he plays. Tyler Lockett, and you also signed up Will Fuller. I mean, two big-time, big-play receivers. Lockett's been doing it all year, basically. And uh, Will Fuller's been in and out. I think you cut him, and then I signed him, and then I cut him. But uh, a decent player as well. I uh, brought in DJ Moore and Corey Davis, who have both been off my roster since about week four. <laughs> you now have DJ Moore. What do you think about those free agent signings, Hughes? I mean, <clears throat> even like looking back at the keepers, people are probably listening to this podcast thinking, Derek, Based on your keepers and your free agents that you don't have, how are you even in the playoffs? Let's be honest here. Joe Mixon is terrible. Carry on. Well, he played like three games. And I don't even remember the other. Oh, Fournette. He's been okay. But, yeah, you cut DJ more early. I scooped him up. He's been fantastic ever since. So why don't we talk about how you got to the playoffs because your initial starting roster is just absolute garbage. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, I, I see you working, but uh, we will get to why it's better, and it involves me and you. So uh, mm. we'll get to that. But let's uh, let's dive into this draft real quick while we got the draft music here okay. in the background. Uh, going with the first round, I had the uh, second pick overall. In, in other words, last year, I mean, I was basically struggling. <laughs> Uh, but I got the number two pick, and I take Juju, uh, who has been garbage uh, all year. Uh, I took uh, him, and you were asking me, Okri, what do you think about Antonio Brown at number three? I said, oh, he was, I love Antonio Brown. He's going to be incredible in Oakland. You snag him up. I mean, both of us are just looking, uh, what the heck are we doing uh, up there in, in the top of the draft? Yeah, good thing Grifka wasn't in the room because you know what he would be asking right now. What the hell are you doing? There it is. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move to the second round. So the second round comes back. I think I get a ball player here. You're not high on this guy. I take Stefan Diggs in, mm. late in the second round here of the draft. Uh, Quinn it to win it. The big Hughes takes Devonta Freeman. Oy, oy, oy. He's not been good. Another guy I liked. He's been uh, out, injured, doesn't play well. Not, not good. Moving to the next round, I take Brandon Cooks okay when he plays but it's having a really down year across the board Hughes takes my guy I remember him telling me Okri you know who you're taking right here it was Mr. Kenneth Galladay I passed on him I got him in every other league you take Kenneth a uh, big pick by you right there round 11 I, t- I go ahead you you're right in front of me you take my guy Jarvis Landry of the Cleveland Browns well not my guy you know who my guys are Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham uh, we'll get to them later, uh, but I go ahead and I take Philip Lindsay. I wanted another running back at this point, and I thought he was kind of the last one on the board that had some juice. Hughes, here's where I go wrong again as it comes right back to me in round 12. I take O.J. Howard, and I love this Oof. pick. I thought, man, this is the late tight end. This is the ball player. He's going to blow up. 
Oh my gosh, I had to get rid of him mid-year. He was so bad. Unbelievable. Everybody, you, in uh, you... putting, everybody in Tampa is putting up stats except O.J. Howard. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> it is crazy. He's just non-existent. And uh, you take Nikhil Harry, again, thought it was pretty early, but you're playing upside play there, trying to get the rookie on a, on the New England Patriots, thinking he's going to have some juice. He, he didn't even show up till about week 13 off the uh, IR list, so that kind of that kind of hurt Yeah, I, I don't think he's been on your roster long. Um, round 13, Hughes. This is where you gave me crap, I believe, and, and where I thought I nailed it. So with, with the sixth pick in the 13th round, you take David Njoku, one of my guys. Uh, again, you're probably thinking, man, I waited a, even longer than Okri, and I still got a better tight end than him or a guy with a lot of upside. Njoku got hurt early. He's been out for a long time. He's now on my squad heading into the playoffs. And at, at the seventh pick overall, like, I, I kind of knew this was I could have waited longer, but I thought this guy was going to just transform the league. I don't know. Have you heard of him? He was, his name is Baker Mayfield. Mm. <laughs> seventh pick. Uh, you know, like, the guys going around him still aren't aren't that great, as Griffith would say. I mean, uh, Sterling Shepard, Big Ben, DK Metcalf, you know, uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, so it's not like it was a total stretch, but he just has not played at his optimal level all year. Just a couple more here. Round 14, I go ahead and I take Tariq Cohen. Again, trying to get that receiving upside as well as just some, uh, you know, ability at running back later here. You go ahead and make a big-time pick by Quinnett to win it with Russell Wilson, possibly the MVP of the National Football League at week in round 14. You got to love that pick. Oh, Absolutely. You know, in this league, I love to pair up a quarterback-wide receiver combo and with getting Lockett in the free agent auction and then being able to grab Russell late, I was ecstatic. <laughs> it, was, it was no doubt. I mean, uh, to me, the quarterbacks are still a dime a dozen, but like you say, at that value and what he's done, touchdown, little interception, still running the football, got to love it. Here's a, here's where I thought I really bamboozled you, Hughes, in the 15th round. You, you were sitting there, you know, this is a league where you can trade draft picks. I said, Hughes, let me give you my next uh, few picks or whatever it ends up being. I need to move up in this round because there's only one skill player I saw that stood out among all the rest. And that was Allen Robinson of the Chicago Bears. So I gave you, I think, a couple round swaps and, and some other juice and got up there and snagged Allen Robinson, who, I mean, we both got to admit, he, he's been as bad as Mitchell Trubisky's been. Like, A-Rob's been pretty incredible all year long. I thought that oh. was great value in round 15, bottom of round 15. Yeah, there's no doubt. He's the only he's the only player on the Bears team that is a consistent fantasy player. So, yeah. Unfortunately, right. it hurts me to say this, but that was an excellent pick by you, sir. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, moving into round 16, again, uh, it's pretty nice. At the, at the top mid-round of round 16, you, you could take the GOAT, Tom Brady. That goes mm. to Detroit Kool-Aid, and you go ahead and take a guy who, again, uh, you're probably thinking value at this point, but he just done nothing. Chris Herndon, tight end of the Jets. I mean, injuries have just been ridiculous this year, taking some of these guys off the field. Uh, I come back, round 17 is kind of like our last, you know, major round. I, I take Dak Prescott at the very end of the round, and you get LaShawn McCoy um, right before that. <clears throat> I can't remember if he had been – I don't think he had been cut yet because we do our draft pretty early. So he's in Buffalo. He ends up going to Kansas City. Uh, so kind of a nice little pick there late in the draft for you. And then like, I've been really happy with Dak, obviously that late, who's a guy I know you did not like. Uh, we're not a big fan of some of those picks there. Uh, Dak Prescott, Allen Robinson, some of the other ones I made, but some of them have worked out. 
Yeah, no doubt. All right, Hughes, pulling that music down, because now it's time to get down to business. We've talked about our keepers. We've talked about the draft. Everybody knows where we sit. Obviously, there's been moves that have been made. Let's talk about the one move that was made. This was mm. – what was this, days before the season, Hughes? This was this was right up to the week of, I believe. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there. Um, Zeke Elliott had just signed a mega deal and came back from Cabo. I'm sitting there on a random Thursday, whatever it was, before we get kicked off for the NFL season, and I get a trade request from Matt Hughes that says – how about Zeke Elliott and Jarvis Landry for Juju and Joe Mix? No, wait. We started off with you wanted. Uh, gosh, what was it? It was it, basically initially, initially it was carry on, but you were hesitant right. because he's your, he's your rookie. Right. I was high on the guy. High on the <laughs> <Okay>. guy. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't want to do. I didn't want to carry on. It would have been carry on and and Juju for uh, Zeke and Landry. So mm-hmm. in, in a odd turn of events, which is a guy I've talked up to you for two years, I throw in Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon and Juju for, uh, for Zeke and, and Landry. And, and sure enough, it took us about five seconds to make the trade. Cause we don't overthink this crap. You hit, uh, you, you sent it back to me and I, I hit accept because I was just thinking Zeke Elliott is too special. The guy's 75 and a touch almost every week. Mm-hmm. And you were thinking, man, I need some receiver juice, uh, Juju was set up to have a big year, as well as you probably had brought in that Joe Mixon. I mean, he's on a terrible team, but he's still a really good running back. Um, we made that deal. Now, that deal has, like you said, somewhat saved me. It also gives me Zeke for the next five years that you're going to have to deal with to pair up with, with Leonard Fonette. And uh, we'll see if carry-on comes around or if I end up making a switch at rookie keepers. But, Hughes, we, uh, that was big, man. Yeah, I mean, just looking back and listening to that trade, I just continue to get sick to my stomach about how it all turned out in the long run. I mean, I, I understand my train of thought at the time, because as as we went through the draft, here I am going into the week one, Antonio Brown, Kenny Galladay, and then pick your poison at your third. I had Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller, or Nikhil Harry, something I need some receivers, right? Juju no. probably what start the season top three top four receiver in the league. Yeah, definitely. Wise. Yep. So and yeah, and ended up hurting me, man. Ben Ben got hurt, and the rest is history for Juju. Right, and, and that's the biggest thing about fantasy football. I talk about it all the time on the show. Is that you really cannot predict the craziness of the NFL, especially when it comes to injuries. I mean, Mm-mm. everybody acts like Juju Smith-Schuster is not a good football player now. I mean, he's probably 22, 23 years old. He's on a offense that still will be fine, you know, for the next few years. He just has totally been hurt, and when he has played. They haven't featured him for whatever reason. So, you know, I don't think he's been bad. Everybody, you know, Joe Mixon started out terrible. You start looking at his stat lines recently, 75 and a touch, you know, 80 yards, yeah. catching the football a little bit more. Like they've just been ravaged too from the offensive line to their quarterback to skill players. No, no, A.J. Green is taken away, you know, probably put another guy in the box. So like you said, you can go back and rethink it. But really, like you were getting two good football players. I was really thought I was getting like the best player in but then I also thought I was taking a pretty big step back from Juju to uh, to Landry at that point. So, um, you know, it's just crazy kind of how it works out. But like you say, Zeke's been pretty solid for me. You've had not any injuries, but those guys have been down. And it's really made a difference. So uh, that, that that's what happens, man. Big time trades. The biggest thing that 
was crazy to me too about the trade is you waited until after he had signed, which to mm-hmm. me, like if he was still in that, you know, I haven't signed yet or I'm un- unsigned, I probably wouldn't have done the deal. But because he was inked and because when you give the guy that money, I know he's getting the rock. Like that's another reason I did it because it, to me, it was a no brainer. Zeke's the centerpiece of the Dallas Cowboys for the next five years. Yeah. And really like, you know, with my running backs, my train of thought at that point was like, okay, it's time to really, you know, I've been all in on Delvin cook since he's been drafted. So this was really my mm-hmm. all in, in this league. Like, Hey, I got Delvin. I got James Conner. I can add Nixon as a third running back. If Delvin is as good as people think he is, he's going to be right up there in the top three, top four running backs. So, right. you know, Which I he has been. My, yeah. So I thought, well, my biggest piece to move, the only way I'm going to be able to get Juju, who I really wanted, was to give up Zeke. So, you know, yep. just kind of push the chips on the table and hope that it works out in the end. And it really yeah. didn't work out for me in the long run. But here I am, <laughs> only, one game, only one game behind you. And I'm about to take you out of the playoffs. <laughs> and I got to give you credit. You've been a big James Conner guy from, from day one. And, and you know, I, I, I had some worries about him. I like some things about him. But, like you say, he's been always better than I've expected even even this year. When he has played, he's obviously hurt as well. But uh, let's quickly go over the uh, – we met two times in the regular season, Hughes. Let me refresh mm-hmm. your memory. Uh, here uh, we go. Week, week- – <laughs> <laughs> week six it was uh detroit kool-aid versus quinnett to win it uh uh kool-aid comes out on top drops 144 on you 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 come up with a decent day at 121 but i mean a 20 point plus beat down I, I i like that we meet the final week in the regular season you know there was there was some seeding on the line there was a few things uh pretty pretty terrible matchup by both of us 93 uh-huh. for me uh, 81 for you. Uh, another dub ah. ski by my squad. Uh, 2-0. and So what do you do? This is where we get to the playoffs, where, where the big Hughes starts playing the mind games. He starts talking about, oh, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. I'm due. Like, <laughs> and and he starts saying, oh, I'm so hurt. My team doesn't have a chance. You know, all, this, all this garbage he's trying all week. Like, it's going to mentally psych me out. All I'm doing is running my guys out there and going to whoop you, Hughes. So we are at the playoffs, week 14. Me versus you uh this is where it all where it all goes down let me let before we do that let's re- rewind to last week because that wound is still a little bit open on my end because let's be honest who would have thought on monday night football that tyler lockett would have been completely shut out against Minnesota? Right. and if delvin cook's so healthy why did you not come back in the game because i would be the home team for this playoff game with a three-point advantage but you had to sit the bench. The <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was one you of those Monday the, you nighters. Got you got the dub last week, but you know, there's a, definitely a small little asterisk on the side of that box score, my friend. Oh, there's no asterisks on it. And first of all, Monday nights give me absolute heart attacks, especially when you had Dalvin Lockett, Russ, and I yes. was up by about 20, 30 points. I'm thinking. Yes. And then, then they got cooking right away. Uh, pun intended. Dalvin Cook runs one in the end zone. Right uh, after you know, Rutgers throwing it after around. Your, after your boy gets me to the goal line. So at that <laughs> right. at that point, I'm feeling good. I'm saying, "Hey, Oakley, I'll keep you posted on the score." And I say, "Oh, damn you, Stefan Diggs! Let me get down to the goal line." And Dalvin Cook punches it in, and then all hell just breaks loose from there. It's just all <laughs> over with. My team is just garbage the rest of the time. You win. I don't text you back until the next day. <laughs> And I'm still sour. <laughs> oh, I could tell. I, I love it. Uh, Hughes, right before we get to our playoff matchup, which we've already had some action in, and we'll talk, we'll tee the people up. 
tell tell the people about your your luck you've had this year in fantasy football. I mean, oh, across all go. platforms, you've been getting wins last minute. You've been getting wins by, you know, a couple plays here and there. Monday Night Football's been really kind to you other than the final week. I mean, you can say a sad story, but you've had a heck of a year when it comes to fortunate uh, things when it comes to fantasy football. Usually people who have good luck always <laughs> say that it's not luck, it's skill. And people who have yeah. bad luck say it's bad luck. So I'm going to go with the notion that it's just skill. I was due. Just like the fact that there's no possible way that you can beat the same fantasy team three times in the same year. So there's no way you're going to win this week. So we'll just leave it at that. We'll get to, get to the matchup. You know, it's just it's, 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 it's terrible that Delvin Cook got hurt. Now he's got to play against the Lions. So I got to start his backup. I'm probably going to start Eli Manning. I mean, you know, we'll get into the rosters, but it's going to be pretty embarrassing to the roster that I'm going to beat you with this week. That's terrible. <laughs> Hughes, I here before we get to that, I want to say one thing. So you you gave me your story about you're gonna beat you can't beat me three times in a row. You yeah. know it's not luck, it's skill. Well, what yeah. was my response to you? Let me give it to the people. Some of you will get this, some of you won't. The ones that do, mad respect. Hughes, maybe it's just that I'm better than you, and you know it. <laughs> that that may be the case because as we get to this matchup, Hughes, here's the craziest thing about the PFL. Every damn week, like you say, I was nine and four. You were eight and five. There's probably four, three, four teams right behind us. There was a guy right in front of me beat me by one game. Every week in the matchups, I look at it, and the ESPN's got their new percentage rate. Every time the win percentage rates rate at 50-50 for me. Like every week I look, it's like the projections are a point, a point and a half. You know, like I, I can't get one where it shows me I'm going to win by a ton. So we were dead nuts, basically like uh, even. And then I go out and get Zeke Elliott, gets me 22 points, 81, two tutties. I sit down my guy who I traded to get up in front of you, Allen Robinson. He puts up a pedestrian 48 yards, but, oh, he finds the end zone twice. I sat down Dak Prescott instead of uh, to put in my boy Tom Brady from Michigan. He uh, is going to have a big day. I'm putting it on the board. Uh, Dak got me 16. So right now. I'm sitting with 22 from Zeke plus the three-point uh, home field advantage, 25 zip. But what does ESPN tell me? It's still 51% chance of winning, 50, 49% chance of losing. Uh, we're within a point or two of each other on the projections. What say you? Well, <clears throat> I just have to say that it probably feels terrible that you left two touchdowns on your bench for Allen Robinson <laughs> because I know the person that you started <laughs> – in front of instead of him and he's gonna put up three points total and, and why, oh, don't you why don't you tell me who that is why don't you tell the people who you decided to start oh i love to this guy i love i picked him up mid-year he's indoors he's playing against the pittsburgh steelers who can't guard anybody he has a rookie quarterback who everyone loves this guy is a target monster christian kirk everybody is gonna be in my lineup <laughs> He he's been known to go off for a ton of catches. I'm, I'm playing the game in, in playoffs where I'm trying to get points. So in this league, it's a half point of catch. I'm trying to get those catches. I'm trying to get those uh, just give me points as well as play the weather game. So Christian Kirk indoors is going to be big at home. I mean, come on. That's going to be at least 15 points right there. Oh, three points. Hughes, let me call you out on a guy you have in your lineup who is a guy yeah. you just latched on to mid-year, which which you want to talk about three points. I mean, this guy is a guy that, like, I 
as well as he's done in certain weeks, this guy's never going to be in my fantasy lineup in this type of league. You're rolling out DJ Chark Jr. in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? That better be some kind of okie doke by you because he ain't going to go put up some big day again. Like, I don't know what you're trying to do there. Well, I don't know if you've checked my roster lately, but everyone's on the bench right now, so you're not going to know who's starting on my team until about 12.55 tomorrow. <laughs> Hughes, don't be that guy. All we do all year is make fun <laughs> of that guy who thinks that's some type of competitive advantage. Like, oh, I'm so worried. Like, you're going to put in whoever you're going to put in. I don't give a, I don't give a crap. Hey, come on. Chargers, Jaguars, <laughs> old, Min, old Minshew's back in the lineup out there gunslinging with his mustache. There's no doubt. You look at the numbers, DJ Shark was amazing with <laughs> with Minshew. And you know what happens to Kenny Galladay a week after he has a great game? He disappears. So between Kenny and DJ, oh, exactly. Yeah, bring it up. <laughs> I yeah, that's, a, that's a bold play. We'll see if you stick with that. I mean, again, Tyler Lockett's a boom-bust guy. You, you talked of DJ Moore. I'm not a big fan. You've got Evan Ingram in your lineup. Nobody even knows if he's going to play. You got the Dalvin Cook issue to deal with. I, I don't know why you're – are you hanging on to Matt Stafford in your lineup out of respect for him as a player and for the team, just like Matt Pat, or what What are you doing there? No, I was hoping midweek they were going to say that he's coming back to play this week so I could beat you with Stafford. Now that that's not oh. going to happen, I can release him. It still doesn't excuse your your ownership. You've had him for six weeks just sitting there. I mean, it's it's eight-team league, buddy. There's plenty of other options out there. I mean, you just must have loved this guy. I'm always in it for the long play. If I had the option to keep him and beat you with Stafford, then that was what I was going to do. I'm going to drop him today, though, and pick up Eli, just in case I want to save my quarterback (laughs) for Monday Night Football. Oh my goodness! I I hope you put Eli Manning in. That would just make my day. You might as well just give me the uh, the the road to the championship at this point. So again, an eighteen league. Me and Hughes, one of us will be going to the championship. Man, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it ain't gonna be you. Like I said, you can't beat a team three times in one season. I'm gonna keep holding on to that one until it rains true. <laughs> Hughes, we know how it all goes down on Sunday. Whoever makes a couple big plays when it comes to, um, you know, deep balls with our receivers. You know, you talked about Minshew uh, throwing the ball to your boy Charky. Uh, I think he's going to be handing it to Leonard Fournette all day, who's going to just chew you up as well. I mean, but let's quickly get – I'll give my lineup. You give your lineup. So right now sure. I'm rolling out the GOAT, Tom Brady. I've got Leonard uh, right there at running back. Zeke's already done his work. I got Stefan Diggs. I got Jarvis Landry of the Cleveland Browns. Christian Kirk. Give me Hunter Henry. Uh, just probably the midseason pickup of the year by me. Picked him up right before he came back from injury. He's been balling out. Devin Bush, uh, tackle machine. I've got Aaron Donald at defensive tackle. Give me Buda Baker. He gets about 10, 12 tackles a game at safety. Will Lutz is my kicker. And the Cleveland Browns going up against the putrid Cincinnati Bengals. That's probably a plus five when they get the win. You, you want to run down your squad, or should I just play some, like, uh, clown music? <laughs> Funny. Yeah, I'll run through the squad, but I don't, need, I, don't ha- I don't know the defensive players because they don't matter. They get, like, a half a point a game. So we're rolling, we're rolling old Rusty boy, Russell Wilson. Right now we're going, we're going Delvin Cook and Mixon as the two running backs. But just in He's... case, we got old Alex Madison sitting on the bench, and we got old Benny Snell in case I want to play with that one. Uh, and I don't know if you saw my late pickup last night, but old Rashad Penny's available if I need him as well. So, you know, we'll see how I feel tomorrow morning. 
Hughes, give the people yes. your thoughts on Dalvin Cook. I want to hear where you're at with him because nobody knows how much you'll play. He mm. says he's good. Like, what are your thoughts? I want to know. I mean, I hope that he plays the whole game and he gets 37 carries. But, like, realistically, <laughs> I'm thinking what's going to happen is he's going to play, like, a couple series and the Vikings are just going to destroy the Lions, unfortunately. And then they're just going to mm. go to the backup. So I'm going to get, like, 27 yards and maybe one reception out of him and no touchdowns. <laughs> That's what I think is going to happen. So, like I told you in the middle of the, earlier this week, I might just start both Vikings guys because I know that they're just going to run wild like Hulkamania <laughs> on the Lions. Oh, man. Yeah, well, uh, that'll be – that's probably the swing play depending on I what happens there. But uh, but but keep, keep working through your lineup so that people sure. can laugh at you. So, <laughs> the three wide receivers we're going to go with <laughs> – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Are they, are they done? Can I continue? I think so. Okay. Yes. Um, so we're going DJ Moore. We're going Sharky Boy. And then we're going struggling. Because, you know, here's the thing Lockett can't go two weeks without a cat, without catching a ball. So he's probably struggling. Catch 17 receptions, 415 yards, and three touchdowns. And he's going to lead me to the championship. That's probably what's going to happen. My philosophy oh, is, my is Kenny Galladay is going to stay on the bench because he does not put two games together ever so sorry kenny boy i love you but you gotta stay on the bench and then all you've been telling me all year what a beast he is now he's on your bench come come big time okay yeah yeah i hope he proves me wrong but i don't think that he will actually i don't hope he proves me wrong because then i'll be mad at myself all that i lost roll out dj Moore. (laughs) go go with him who even do you even do you even have a healthy tight end use well i mean i have one healthy one uh, Evan Ingram, he's questionable. So because I'm not going to know till Monday, I had to pick up another Monday night tight end to play just in case he's out. So I picked uh. up Dallas Goddard and had to get rid of old Greg Olson because he's out this week. So let me uh, let me talk Dallas about Goddard, who, my guy. Yeah, let me talk about who's injured and not playing this week for me. James Conner. Here come the excuses, people. Juju Shoe Smith Smister, and don't forget about old Matt Stafford because if 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 he was healthy, he would be in the lineup. Note to Hughes, he's been out since like week five. I mean, that's not a that's not a oh poor you injury. That's why is he on your team? But okay, I keep I keep him there so it look, makes my out players look higher. Out of respect, what does does he help? Does he coach up your other quarterbacks that are on your bench or they're out there playing? Helps him, talks to yeah. him. Well, just wait till you wake up tomorrow morning and I have David Blau and Kenny Galladay in the starting lineup. <laughs> oh baby, where where's the sound bit? Oh baby. <laughs> And then not only do you get to root on your favorite team, but as they continue to score points, you will know that you're losing in fantasy. (laughs) So a double whammy. (laughs) Oh man. It's, it's going to be big time. Uh, Hughes. I I don't know that there's much more to be said. It's a dead heat. You know, we know it's all going to come down to a couple big plays by offensive players. Who's going to make them. It's going to be one of the two of us. One of us is going to be happy. One's going to be uh, upset. There's quite a few potato chips on the line this league. Uh, it's going to be big. I, I say we go ahead and we take a pause and then we come back and uh, we will give the people the aftermath. What actually went down. We've, 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 we've planted our flags. We've told them we've, we've had some fun with this show. 
we will come back before we debut this on Monday and, and give the people actually where it stands, what happened, and we'll see if you put some people in Monday night or if I already have the dub ski. I mean, I'm assuming I'll be up by about 40 or 50 at that point, so it probably won't matter, but who knows? Who knows what's going to go down, but we're going to tell the people. So this is like a real-time fantasy football you know, smack talk as well as, man, we, we have no idea until it's kicked off tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be a... Uh... It's going to be an exciting day. I can't wait to sit there and watch my team score and score and score and score and score and score some more. Oh, man. As much fun as I've had with it, I, I'm so nervous. Like, I, I, when they get kicked off, I'm just, like, hoping people get over that 100-yard mark in this league where you get the bonus. I, I need every yard, every touchdown. No lead is safe, as we know. You can always usually uh, have a guy blow up and come back. So it's going to be crazy tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we may be facing off in a couple other leagues before you know it, but uh, this is the first big matchup. Uh, we have not played each other, I don't think, in the playoffs in a while. So it's going to be big, man. Uh, may the best team win. <clears throat> ah, yes. Quinn it to win it. <laughs> Detroit Kool-Aid, baby. And we'll be back uh, to talk all about it when this thing gets uh, gets rolling. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll be back in a bit. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid. What's going on, everybody? We are back, and it is Sunday evening around 745 or so. Uh, I asked the big Hughes if he'd want to do a podcast real quick. Of course he said yes, because uh, we are here, you know, towards the end of our playoff matchup. And uh, the the big Hughes has, uh, he's down 13 points, but he has Russell Wilson. He has Tyler Lockett and the Seattle Seahawks uh, team. So ESPN has him at 90% plus chance of beating me. I got Aaron Donald, who I don't know if you know, Hughes is uh, the two-time defensive player of the year, still going, and sacks are big in this league. How are you, buddy? Well, after that little intro, I'm doing pretty, pretty good. (laughs) You're doing pretty, pretty good, huh? I think we got a sound bit for that here somewhere that we can play. uh, Let's see here. Something like this. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Well, I'm not feeling good, Hughes. You want to know why? Because I did not play Dak and Allen Robinson, and I got another soundbite for that. It may be this for me. It's a bad decision. Period, point blank. It was one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. Tom freaking Brady, the guy that is – Always puts up points. Oh, he can roll out of bed and have two fifty and two tutties. He comes out and throws for like a buck forty, whatever it was. I don't even know if he got over a hundred and fifty and one freaking touchdown. Killed me. Yeah. 
like I like I said uh, earlier when we were recording, it was hard to leave that two touchdowns from uh, a Rob on your bench like that. Mm. It was here. Here's the craziest part about our matchup, though. We'll walk through it a little bit. Like uh, my whole thing was, I just kept watching the scoreboard, saying whoever makes the big play. Like I'm waiting for a receiver to catch, you know, forty yard touchdown. I'm waiting for somebody to go way up over a hundred and kind of get one of those really big stat lines. The only guy in our whole matchup that put up a big stat line was Joseph Mixon, my guy that I traded to you. Uh, he decides to come out the woodwork and get 146 and a TD. I mean, that's 30 and a half points. That really helped you today. Oh, that was huge. I mean, I, I was very, very close from overthinking it and putting him on the bench today. And I would have started the Steelers guy and I would have been have no <laughs> chance at this point. So uh, <laughs> I was, glad, I was glad hoping I you were pull that trigger. You were throwing Benny Snell out of there. I'm like, oh, please play Benny Snell. That would be incredible. But but here's the thing. Like, so I don't know if you saw this, Hughes, but it was early in the day. Um, I'm looking at the the fantasy app you know, on ESPN, which you know is like been known to be wonky. And all of a sudden, like early in that game, early in the matchup after the one o'clock kicks, all of a sudden it says Joe Mixon, 150 some yards and a touchdown. I'm like, what? I'm like, we, a minute ago we had like 40, and and, uh, and I'm looking at it, and you had caught me. You went from like down 40 to catching me. I'm like, that that's not right. And uh, I'm not seeing it on red zone. Not seeing it anywhere. Sure enough, ESPN screwed it up. Goes back to 46, and I think he did score one yard touchdown, but they had it wrong. They probably gave him a nine. 99 yard touchdown freaking morons so that was crazy but then i i don't know maybe they were karnak and then he goes in and puts up 150 and a td they just were two and a half hours early with the scoring i guess but uh that, that was crazy and like everybody else nickeled and dimed all day man like i got screenshots by you know before the four o'clock games i think we were dead dead tied almost you know late in the games it was 88 88 so I know you got some big dogs, uh, big dogs waiting, but pretty late in the late in the day, I got here not only 88-88, but projected 124 to 123. I mean, uh, that's how close it was. And and like you say, I mean, go ahead and, and do some bragging, do some how much you're going to win. But I mean, crazier things have happened where uh, you know, I hate to see Russ go down the first quarter. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> that'd be a shame. Fun. That is Sunday. I'm a little tuckered out, so I'm hoping they just they just end it by the first quarter, so I could just turn it off and go to sleep real fast. Oh yeah, the huge bedtime to about seven thirty, yeah. eight o'clock. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, so so again, in this league, up thirteen is really not not much, especially when you have a quarterback and a receiver like Lockett. Now, how many points did Lockett get you last week, Hughes? Just curious. Ooh, uh, zero. <laughs> okay and and russell wilson as good as he's been i mean over his years he's been known to sort of stall out from time to time hasn't he well here's the thing i mean i don't think we're <laughs> going to see a whole lot of defense tonight that's the one thing i got going for me that was that was a, that was a, <laughs> that was a yes or no question he was wow. has russell wilson been known to stall out from time to time or is, or not uh no yeah, normally he's incredible, but, uh, you know, like you say, sometimes they're passing game struggles. Uh, I got to hope for all that to happen. And and like I said, uh, Aaron Donald for me is a huge shot in the dark, but I mean, in this league, I think what sacks are three and a half, four points. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, 13, let's say Donald comes out and gets me a couple sacks. I can get up 20 on you. you uh, it, it'd be a little dicey, but uh, like you say, a couple touchdowns from Russ, you know, two, 300 yards. 
uh, wouldn't even need <coughs> Lockett to do anything. And if Lockett goes up over the top for a big catch or so, that would probably put it in the books. But uh, like I say, it was, you know, to me, it was close all day. I mean, even Tom Brady, right at the end, all he had to do was get me that touchdown. I've been feeling a little bit better up about 17, 18 right now. But yeah, yeah, you uh, b- between that, you kind of got jobbed out of Dalvin Cook. I mean, he was rolling and then he basically was out of the game. 62, a touchdown. Hughes, I've been doing a bunch of talking, but why don't you go on and talk about your late play of Kenneth Galladay, um, how he how he got a little chintzy TD at the end. And let me scroll down here. Oh, DJ Chark Jr., the guy that I uh, ragged on, he he goes and puts up uh, four or five less points than Kenneth. Uh, pretty fortunate play by you late in the game. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> unfortunately, I got stuck watching Matthew Berry this morning from like 10 o'clock on. and. <laughs> Why? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, (laughs) And I was somewhat convinced that DJ Shark was just a useless useless play and Kenny Galladay needs to be played. So I kind of listened to him. I'm not going to give him full credit because I just figured that, hey, the Lions aren't probably going to compete very much in this game. They're not going to need to run the ball very much. They're going to throw the ball. So I have a better chance at Kenny probably finding the end zone than Sharky Boy. So luckily that happened because – you know, if he didn't get the end zone, end zone, it would have been a waste of a play. So I feel pretty good about that switch late. It was big, but I mean, you're downplaying it too, because Kenneth doesn't do anything all day. And then the game gets out of hand in Minnesota. He gets some late catches. You know, I'm still all right. I'm like, all right, he's got like 40 yards, no big deal. And then he ends up getting in the end zone late, late, late in that football game. And I think this was my reaction. No, God, please, no. <laughs> and then and then Hughes, then uh Leonard Fournette comes out the gates rolling for me. And then I don't know, the uh gosh, who they uh who they play? It was the Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers decided to drop about a 30 burger on him in the first half. Again, my reaction. No, God, please, no. <laughs> Leonard doesn't touch the ball the rest of the day, basically, after about uh early in the second half. I mean not that, only that, that but me. That- that hurt your boy uh, Hunter Henry too because they weren't doing a lot of tossing it towards the end of the game for the Chargers there. Not at all. And and the thing that got me back in the game late in the in the second half of uh, the four o'clock matchups was Hunter Henry on a thirty yard touch out of nowhere. And that I was like, okay, I'm back in this game. It's knotted up. And then uh, like you say, that game got so out of hand they just put him on ice. Ended up with two for 39 and a score. That killed me. Devin Bush, really? He had two tackles? I mean, this guy averages about 10 tackles a game, and he just comes out and does nothing. Mm-hmm. Buda Baker, I went and looked at his stats. He's been averaging about 12 tackles a game. He he just has eight, uh, not able to turn over Duck Hodges at all. I mean, that was crazy. My kicker was, was one of my stars of the game. You know it's bad when that happens. Yeah, luckily you had the Saints guy. He put up he put up some points. I got a lucky late sack from Cam Hayward though, so that helped me out get up to four and a half from him. And then you did huge, that was big, huge huge game from oh, Von Bell there from the Saints too. He put up some pretty solid numbers. I think he had nine tackles, a forced fumble, and a sack. So thirteen tackles and a sack. I got oh, hit from Von Bell. Like say that's a that's a risky play, Von Bell. That's a deep pull. I mean he's an okay player. I liked him in the draft process, but not a guy you roll out as a top defender in this type of league most times. Um look at say DJ Moore for you, pretty pedestrian at four for eighty one, but he uh he kind of kept creeping the whole day, you know. I, I, I know you were probably doing the same thing on your end saying like uh, we needed a few of these receivers to go up over the 100-yard mark, and they all pretty much stalled out. I mean, Jarvis Landry, four for 76 for me. 
uh, Christian Kirk, who you said was going to get three points, had about 12 points in the third quarter and then just absolutely stalled out because Kyler yeah. Murray just had no clue what he was doing towards the end of this football game. Uh, I thought for sure, not only was he going over 100, I thought, man, if he finds the end zone, that could put me uh, up big, but he didn't do it. Um like you say, uh, you got Tyler Lockett in your back pocket. But uh, to me, the Kenny Galladay touchdown is is a really big play. And then, you know, just the yardage from Mixon is what, what separated. Because, like, you look up and down, nobody else had a big day. I mean, if, if Joe yeah. Mixon goes for 80 and a touch, this is a whole different game. But 146 is big. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, going back to Kirk, that was the one guy I was worried about in those 4 o'clock games after it got going. I kept seeing him creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. I'm like, oh, great. He's going to get over 100. He's going to find a way to get in the end zone. Then I'm going to be playing behind from about 25, 30 points. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play not good. But <laughs> and it was a close it one, happen. too. That that was a close yeah. ball game. That's why you had to think that way because, hey, they're going to throw it. Then they got down. You know, hey, uh, Kyler Murray has like two minutes left. He's going to sling it, but he just he's crumpled. Like, I think he gave up two sacks basically in a row one to your guy and then he just chucked it up for grabs and that was the ball game. So, yep. and then for me, uh, I just hate to say it, not only cause he's from Michigan, but I mean, Tom Brady, 169, a TD and a pick. I mean, I couldn't ask for worse from a quarterback. I could have played, uh, <coughs> well, Baker was uh, not good again, but um, yeah, going from, eight and a half from, from TB to uh, 18 and no 16 for Dak. That would have, that would have pushed me up there. And like you say, so if I swap out Allen Robinson at 18 and a half, let's say I take out uh, gosh, I probably would have, you know, maybe taken out Jarvis, you know, if you got to look at it, just cause I, I did like Kirk's matchup. So that's going to give me another nine and a half. Uh, gosh, 16, some points. I just sort of left sitting there when you do the math uh, would have made it tougher on you for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt, and luck, luckily for me, it all worked out with the guys I played. I don't have really anybody on the bench that I thought that I was going to play over him. I mean, Matt Ryan put up good numbers, but there was no way that I was going to play him over Russell Wilson. So, Right. Yeah, you basically played, uh, you know, uh, your best lineup to date. You know, you got to wait and see who uh, who does what, but uh, man, like you say, so, so here we are heading into Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock right now. Uh, where where's your confidence level? He's hundred percent. You got this wrapped up. Any chance you think something crazy goes down and I end up laughing all the way to the bank or uh, where you at? You know, I don't know how many times we've said this back and <laughs> forth to each other all year, but this has been like one of the craziest fantasy seasons <laughs> ever. So I'm not right. counting my blessings yet. So. <laughs> Yeah, but you have had the uh, the Midas touch all year. And like for me, I mean, like I said, a few little things happen. And this is a totally different call right now. But when Brady stalled out, not only he got that touchdown taken away from Nikhil Harry, which I he was, is it just me or can, can I see the stuff from my couch and these guys can't get it right? Oh, like, I could tell I could tell he died and got the pylon and then they call him. They've been told time and time again, let the play go. <laughs> then what else happens in the ball game? There was that strip fumble. They blow it dead. I mean, these morons and, and zebras can't, not only they can't get it right in real time, they can't get it right in slow-mo. I yeah, mean, they come back. Ridiculous. The, the play stands every time. So when when he didn't get that touchdown and they saw that at the end of the game, 
uh, as well as my guys not going over 100, you know, that's when I kind of thought, mm, like, you know, it would, it's something really freaky is going to have to happen from a, from an injury to like, you know, uh, minus two for picks. So like if, if I get a couple picks, but Rusty doesn't turn it over barely at all anymore, you know, uh, and then, and like I say, Tyler Lockett, if he would have blown up last week, you know, my up down theory, I'd be like, Hey, maybe, maybe he, they, they go to their other receivers, but because he did nothing, I feel like, I feel like he's going for at least, you know, 75 and a TD. I would say, I don't know, man. ESPN, ESPN claims Lockett's going to have a terrible game because of Jalen <laughs> Ramsey. So we'll have to see. Oh, that's true. Yeah. They got him on him. And you know, there's that, there's that small group of receivers where that are boomer bust. Yeah, and Tyler Lockett's definitely in that group. And like for most of the year, he's been boom. I mean, the guy, he's small. He doesn't look very athletic. But every time you looked at his stat line, it's like, you know, 80 and two touchdowns, you know, 120 and a touch like and he gets behind the defense like crazy. So, I mean, that's the only thing. Like if it was one of these studs where you just know they're going to fall out of bed and get you 50 yards and and maybe a TD. But Lockett's been known to sort of disappear at times which well, like i say he, i'm kind of i'm kind of trying to figure it out but the only thing i can figure out is that aaron donald i swear uh has been kind of quiet all year and if he gets like two and a half sacks maybe a forced fumble like th- those points can add up quick i remember i beat somebody before where aaron donald dropped 20 on him out of, from a defensive tackle position which was huge well, I wouldn't get your hopes up because I don't see that happening at all. <laughs> Wait, this hey, is freaking Aaron Donald. He was, well, this guy is ridiculous. Have you ever watched the guy? He's unblockable. I've seen him a few times. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm so just saying it's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, I'm kind of wishing on a prayer, but I mean, he's been known to get after the quarterback. I don't know. And Rusty holds it. So I'm just saying. Well, he also scrambles <laughs> a little bit, so I'll, yeah, true. I'll, take, I'll take a Russell Wilson rushing touchdown for the Dubsky, so I'm snoozing <laughs> by halftime. Yeah, gosh, man, I wanted Tom Brady to run it in when he did that late scramble. It was going about a half mile an hour. I was like, just run into the end zone. That would be tremendous. Get me seven plus uh, plus the yardage, but he uh, he went ahead and slid there, and then they stalled out. It was, gosh, that that's the one I'm going to be kicking myself with is just uh, – I just can't believe he put up eight points, basically. That's crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't have uh, anticipated it. Um, pretty crazy. That's the I reason I played him was because he was so safe. I was like, it, nothing less than 12 to 15, you know, was, was the kind of bare minimum I was thinking. Well, I mean, against Kansas City, you figured that there was going to be a lot of points scored in that match. Right. Shootout. Even though he had been struggling, like, I know you were like, hey, play Dak. I'm like, I just feel like TB was such a safe play. I mean... At his at home too, you know, it's kind of like he's gonna get it together, and he just struggled all day. Yeah. So yeah, man, we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, we uh, it's been fun doing this show. I think it's it's fun just to chat. I mean, most people do this with their friends, you know, and coworkers and fantasy football, but to put it on air was fun. The beforehand, here's the after, and we'll leave the people hanging um, with where it ends and i'm sure i'll probably jump back on and uh at least give them the final final results especially if something crazy crazy happens you know what i'm saying well it's not i mean this this <laughs> matter should be done by about 9 9:17 p.m. so i can go to bed i was gonna say hopefully or you you'll miss the whole damn thing i'll have to text you when you're when you're <laughs> arriving to work saying hughes you came up shy my man and you'll be like what 
Nope. I, I, <laughs> you've been known to fall asleep in the middle of a play, so you uh, <laughs> you better make sure you're up a, a sound amount before you go saw some logs, my friend. Well, that's that's the goal. I'd like to get to bed early here, so hopefully that happens quickly. All right, and if you win it, it looks like you'll be playing uh, my buddy Luke, who's a longtime member of this league. He actually came in first place. So regardless of what happens, Luke's going to have a – it's going to be a big matchup in the championship. But uh, it was a good matchup, man, I got to say. Like all day it was close, which again made it better and worse for me because I think I had a few heart attacks throughout the day just wanting a couple plays to go my way. But here we are. I do have the lead, people. Let's say that by 13. The big Hughes got a couple big players in his pocket heading into Sunday Night Football. So we'll uh, see what happens. Hughes, really appreciate coming on the fantasy football flavor, man. Uh, we competed all year, 13 weeks, came down to this. And uh, looks like you uh, you might get me here, buddy. We'll see what happens. Like I said, you can't beat a team three times in one season. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm sure that played into it a lot there, boss. <laughs> I think sure it's did. uh luck on top of luck on top of uh random fortune that ended up either of us winning this game. But uh like I say, that's why we play the games, that's why we put in the lineups, and that's why we love fantasy football. You never know what's gonna happen. So um hey man, we'll get out of here. We'll uh appreciate you doing the show and uh one of us will be heading to the championship. Everybody out oh, there. Yeah. For me and for the big hues, uh, for this episode of Fantasy Football Flavor Playoff Edition, we'll get up out of here. And uh, Hughes, I know our Lions didn't do it today, but we might as well leave them with one of these. Drink it in, man. Take care, buddy. See ya. (laughs) Yep, bye. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? Back in the house. Uh, We've been doing this crazy Fantasy Football Flavor show where we've actually been giving you a look Behind the curtain, inside the walls of a fantasy football matchup from start to finish, from uh, right after it got started on Thursday, me and the Big Hughes jumped on and talked about, uh, you know, Zeke Elliott, what he had got for me, and where we thought we were headed, uh, heading into the weekend there. And then we jumped back on and we talked about, uh, I think it was Saturday night, and said, All right, about to go live on Sunday. All the potato chips are on the table. What are we going to, uh, what are we expecting? What are we thinking? So me and him had some fun back and forth, a little bit of smack talk, as you would normally do with your friends and whatnot. And then uh, the games played out on Sunday, you know. Um, lots of back and forth, lots of really close matchups. Jumped back on a podcast on Sunday evening right before the Sunday night game. Talked with Hughes, you know. I think I was up about 13 points. He had a few big-time players left. And uh, I had one player left, and so we kind of thought, man, there's really, you know, there's not a a ton of chance, uh, not a big chance at least, that I was going to be able to come out with a victory. Uh, So I let him brag a little bit and kind of gave my reasons why, you know, that the stars might align, that I might come up with the the dub ski, even though I I felt it was going to be hard to do. Well, I am here. Today, this is Monday in the afternoon. I'm recording kind of from a different location to let you all know that the stars did align. Oh my goodness, what a matchup. Uh, Again, just up a few points. The big Hughes with Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett in his back pocket. Me with uh, Aaron Donald, two-time defensive player of the year. And uh, wouldn't you know it. Russie Wilson 
has probably one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. He didn't stretch the football deep. He didn't do much on the ground. He didn't extend drives for the most part. So for three some quarters, I'm still basically sitting with this, you know, 10, 12 point lead. Aaron Donald did get a sack. I believe it was in the third quarter, which if you guys are familiar with ESPN this year, they started doing almost like a percentage um, meter where it would uh, give you what your percentage chance of winning is. So going into the matchup, I think it was 85, 90 plus percent that he was going to win this matchup. Not until the third quarter did it start getting down into the 70s. But when Aaron Donald made the sack, it went from like 70% Hughes was going to win to now 70% I was going to win. Then all of a sudden, time started ticking by. It started going up to 80% I was going to win. Then all of a sudden, Russie started putting together a few throws here or there. A couple of those to Tyler Lockett, even though they were somewhat short completions. It went back to 80% for him again. Um, I, I finally had to turn this, you know, my screen off that had the ESPN on. I couldn't take it anymore. I swear I was standing up like it was like I was in the game, like it was for the quarter, trying to talk myself through scenarios and figure out how I was going to get this uh, get this win after I'd come this far uh, in this matchup. I, I, I couldn't really believe my eyes, to be honest. But uh, sure enough, late fourth quarter, Russell Wilson uh, moving the football a little bit. ESPN now has him projected to to still beat me. He's only down, I think, about seven, eight points at this point. And what does he do? Russ uncorks a deep ball. I swear my heart sank when he let this football go because I know it's probably either going to be a catch, maybe a maybe a PI to put the ball uh, inside, you know, the 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 one yard line, which is going to uh, you know probably create a passing touchdown opportunity. Or when he when he put it up, I'm on pick it. A pick is minus two, and it seals the football game at this point. What do you know? I believe Tyler Lockett was the target. I, I can't even remember who the target was, but he chucked it way down the field, probably 50 yards. And sure enough, the Rams player goes up, gets the football, gets the pick. I started yelling, it's over. This is what I do often. I, I feel like it's over, even though I knew they had a timeout or two. I, I felt the clock was done. Sure enough, it wasn't. So the Rams had to go get uh, another first down. Their first two plays, they basically just one yard in a cloud of dust. And then sure enough, the Rams running back goes out the back gate, gets me the first down, ends the matchup. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Like I say, there was a lot on the line uh, in all types of ways in this game. Me and Hughes have been buddies for a long time, and uh, we're ultra competitive. I mean, I just hate to lose. I I swear, I'm, I'm, I'm a sore loser to some degree because... I just want to win at tiddly winks at uh, at uh, pig in your in your driveway for shooting hoops, and I definitely want to win in every league I do in fantasy football. So to play for 13 weeks, have it come down in this matchup, and for me to lose by a couple points at the very end after I thought I had pulled this crazy upset would have been crazy. Now, as excited as I am, and trust me, I'm fired up about this matchup because it puts me in the championship you know, gets me a nice reward for the season, as well as gives me the chance to put some more hardware on the mantle, as I always tell you guys, um, is as much as I kind of felt for Hughes, because, uh, you know, any other day, he basically gets his dub, uh, Russell Wilson never puts up a day like this, Tyler Lockett was due to have a big day, just, uh, in general, he did not, I mean, just absolutely nuts across the board, so, I think, you know, uh, 
it was just one of those things. I mean, hopefully you guys listening to this can kind of see the uh, thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. Like, you know, we were both excited heading into Saturday, Sunday, you know, it was really fun watching the screen and kind of keeping up with everything back and forth from, you know, uh, Hunter Henry getting me a late touchdown to Hughes getting a huge day out of Joe Mixon, 140 plus on the ground. I think he had 40 in the air, had a touchdown. A um, couple of my guys kind of chipping away throughout the day, getting little touchdowns, getting little catches, plays here or there, so keep me in the ball game. Tom Brady not having a very good game at the end of the day, uh, which I thought cost me. Sure enough, it was kind of just enough to keep in front of Hughes when his guys did not show up to play on Sunday Night Football. So um, crazy. I'll take the W any way I can get it. I will enjoy it. And uh, again, Hughes wrote me kind of right after the game ended with just an first his two texts were awesome because I started giving him crap like early in the first quarter. I was like, there's another zero point drive. Oh, that was a half a point for you on that whole drive. And then I was like, oh, let me just lay out here because he writes back is just uh, delaying the inevitable was his tweet. Uh, and and uh, I thought. Mm, I mean, the percentages are in his chance, so I'm not going to push my luck. I'll just lay out. Didn't say anything the rest of the game, you know, as I continued to stay in the lead and continue to look like I was maybe going to pull this crazy upset. I just sat there. So to get the the uh, message from Hughes at the end of the game, which just ugh, was, uh, man, it, it was a double-edged sword. It made me feel really good. You know, you could see this guy, um, you know, took a hard L. You know, I didn't want to say anything. I was pretty fired up at that point. I didn't want to say anything back because um, I've been there, done that. You know what I mean? Coming up short, especially like in this matchup where there's a lot on the line. And uh, he knows this is one of those crazy things. I mean, nine out of ten times he gets this win. And this was the uh, tenth time where his guys came up short and I got the dub. So, uh, you know, like I say, I didn't say much to him, talk to him to here on Monday morning. He was he was cool with it. You know, I said, you know, I didn't want to really rub it in as much fun as we have smack talking each other. And me and him may meet in another league where I'm the two-time defending champ, which I know he's going to want to try to take my belt if, if we end up meeting in the championship. But, uh like you say, you like to have fun back and forth as buddies. You love the ups and downs of fantasy football. But, man, those last little bit where you're either going to win or lose or it's a play here, a play there. Maybe a guy sneaks in the end zone. Maybe he gets 100 yards and just wins. Um, it's pretty crazy, and it's pretty uh, pretty fun. That's why we play. So um, we both have fun with the matchup. Hopefully you guys had fun listening to this podcast. Again, uh, just trying to get this last little bit out for you so I can put this out here this afternoon or you may be listening to this Monday evening time or even Tuesday on your way in, either to work or just in general. But uh, really appreciate you supporting the uh, Detroit Kool-Aid cast and the fantasy football flavor. Thought this would be a fun, different show to do. Really fun for me because I got the dub ski and I'm heading on to the championship of the PFL on ESPN. I also won in the Detroit Kool-Aid cast league, I, I believe, but that's a song for another day. And I got two or three other leagues where I'm coming for that hardware as well. So um, hopefully this turns out to be a really great fantasy year where it's kind of been a tough, challenging year throughout with injuries and whatnot, but uh, making my way through. So thanks again for listening, everybody. You can tweet at me at Derek Okri, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. And for this episode, I just want to thank you. And I'm going to do what we always do. I'm going to get up out of here. Take care. I'm out. Game is over! It is over!
drink it in, man.